Hello, everybody. My name is Larry Dobrow. I am MM&M's executive editor, and I am thrilled to welcome you to today's MM&M podcast. Uh, today, we have Genevieve Paquette, who is the chief development officer at Level X. Um, we'll be speaking with her in a second, but first, we have our usual assortment of plugs to get to. Uh, first and foremost, the MM&M Awards are this Thursday night, October 8th. Actually, it's more like this Thursday late afternoon, October 8th. Um, it will be Quite a bit more virtual than it has in the past, but we're still hoping that everybody will join us. So please uh, check that out across our many digital channels. Also, the first ever MM&M Media Summit is scheduled for Thursday, November 12th. Uh, we're going to be hitting a range of topics, everything from the influence of the big four tech giants to the point of care space. And we'd love to have you join that as well virtually. Uh, more information, again, across all of MM&M's channels. So let's get to today's conversation. Uh, Genevieve, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So yeah, I know it's, it's interesting. Usually, you know, we've been, you know, usually we start these conversations with, you know, okay, tell us a little bit about what's going on and everything else. But given that this is an extraordinary year, the new first question for every podcast taping is, how are you? Um, how are you and yours? How is everybody in the Level X family as we've been dealing with this, you know, craziness for about seven months now uh well, on a personal note um i am doing okay it's interesting because i had my birthday yesterday so it was it was hard oh, not to birthday. reflect on it's hard <laughs> not to reflect on what the last year has been like as you know you as i start to pursue a new birth year um but yeah personally going okay surprisingly like you know my personal well-being is is tied into how well level x is doing um we've been doing a lot to keep everyone connected, how to figure out creative ways that Zoom could be a social conduit um, as a video game company. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely fun to come to work every day, even if we don't see each other. So I mean, we get the benefit of uh, of uh, playing, you know, social games on Zoom. We just recently did a game jam where we had everyone um, create games over a weekend in healthcare. So I feel like uh, we've been keeping it fun while, you know, delivering on our on our business and our mission. You know, that, that leads very nicely into my first question, you know, a little bit about the transition to all virtual. I would imagine a company like Level X, I don't want to say it was easier, but certainly, you know, a Level X had to have been set up in a way that made it, you know, you know, nobody flipped the switch and said, okay, we're ready to do everything virtually. Tell, tell me a little bit about the company's transition, maybe some of the headaches and uh, how you got past them. So we are actually, um, our game development team is located live in, in Chicago. So, um, you know, it was an interesting transition from having everyone collaborating in person. As you can imagine, it's a highly creative environment. And, um, but the transition was good. I think when you're brought together by something at this magnitude, I, it, there's been this tremendous effort to rally. Um, how, how do you create, you know, one, getting everyone online, but how do you make sure, I think immediately we jumped on, how do we enable everyone technology-wise? How do we make sure that um, everyone can stay connected? Did we have to bring on additional tools and resources so people could work work productively? And I have to, you know, our operations team, um, we, we look at productivity and, and we actually saw that everyone, you know, it surged. Um, and a, a big example of that is we, you know, in recent in recent, over the summer, we actually applied our games to help physicians with uh, managing COVID patients and treating COVID. And so to watch everyone work from home, 
think about how to apply our games to, uh, you know, this, this pandemic and do it on, you know, and do it within their work day, you know, within their work day and outside of their work day kind of showed the strength of the team. So I think the, the company's mission uh, and doing projects like that, and then the mission just, you know, helping healthcare just made it really easy for everyone versus I think, um, I, I think it might've been harder with, you know, some other types of companies that work in other industries. Um, to that end, and you know, certainly you touched on this a little bit in that answer. Give, give me sort of a you know early October 2020 State of the Union for our medical gamification efforts. Um, it seems that what we're seeing, and certainly led by Level X, um, there's a degree of sophistication that wasn't there um, even a couple of years ago. Um, walk, walk me through the recent evolution, not just of the company, but also of the space. Yeah, so I think I'll give company first and space second. So. You know, with the company, we've, I think with being a, um, an agile, uh, fast growing startup, you know, we've been able to be hyper responsive to what's happening with our, within healthcare with COVID. Um, I'll talk about, you know, our relationship with pharmaceutical and medical device companies. You know, we've been hearing from our clients and customers about their sales reps, you know, not being out in the field about peer to peer, live peer to peer engagement being upended. Uh, you know, their entire business has been disrupted by COVID. And so what's interesting by us developing mobile games, uh, you know, we, we weren't disrupted and we were able to come in and help our clients figure out, okay, how, how can we get your programs back up? How can we uh, help you? And so what we've been up to with, you know, in partnership with, with industry is, is figuring out how do we, how do we enable their sales teams remotely using our games? Um, how do we uh, use gaming as a way to drive remote peer-to-peer education? Uh, and so we're actually going to be launching those products um, actually within the coming weeks. Um, and we've already have a number of partners that have joined joined, joined us in, in using gaming in, in these settings and, and doing it all remotely. So we actually um, are going to be launching what we're calling Level X Remote Play which is a cloud-based gaming platform that brings together multiple users in a remote environment to interact with the same content at the same time. And so uh, so imagine a, a sales rep that's in you know, Idaho can connect with their medical physician and remote detail them with that physician in Boston and be in the same content and learn together and uh, you know, have a discussion. So it's pretty exciting all the new products that are going to be coming out in response to what's happened with COVID and how our customers, you know, have some critical needs right now to run their business. So that's, so we're thinking about the application to gaming in so many new ways. So that's, you know, it's been really exciting, you know, internally to work on this. Um, you know, what, what you just said about some of the products that are coming out in response to the current set of situations in, in a way, did COVID accelerate some of the things that were going to happen anyway, you know, within, within this sphere, or was it just, okay, you know, we have this unusual set of circumstances, you know, we have the type of organization that is very agile, that can be nimble and do things quickly. Let's, let's do these right now. Um, Or is it some combination of the two? Yeah, we've always had these on our roadmap to kind of think about, but I think that COVID and the the landscape forced that acceleration in a good way. Um, You know, as a, as an organization that's, you know, hundred, you know, hundred or so employees, you know, you've got a certain roadmap, but when I think that's, what's nice about how we, how we've built our organization is that we can be responsive. I think unlike, 
think some of the companies, you know, in healthcare where it takes a long time to innovate and do new things, yeah. like, you know, we don't have to wait. And I think that um, that's why this summer's been, you know, we've talked about like what's happened with COVID. Like we've been really busy because this is like what we've been up to for the, you know, for the last three to six months. Um, <laughs> and then just talking overall with the uh, kind of gamification. So, you know, my background is I've worked in the consumer space early in my career, but also I was, I headed up marketing for WebMD and Netscape. So I, I have the perspective outside of Level X. So I'm seeing a lot of uh, new of products over the years, um, attempts at gamification in healthcare. Um, I've also worked at WellTalk where gamification was applied on the consumer patient side. So I, I feel like, um, you know, what we're trying to do is a little different where it, it's not, kind of one and done games that's done at a conference or a five minute interaction with gaming or taking, you know, taking content and throwing up, you know, a score and, you know, throwing up badges and, and, and you, know, a, you know, a quick scoring system or something like that. Mm. Like we're really trying to develop sustainable, long-term uh, educa- educational learning games that are used for multiple years. You know, we're trying to think about its application across all of medicine from, you know, on the medical side to the surgical side. Like we're so I think we when we're going into doing something, we're really thinking big. We're thinking long term. We're not trying to drive, you know, five minutes of engagement. It's like, okay, how can we deliver value for multiple years? So we just go in it with a completely different lens. Um, when we think about building our products and its longevity. And what's nice is that, you know, gaming industry, you know, we have a lot to learn from on the consumer side. Uh, you know, games are have a longevity to them and they've been played for multiple years and we see tremendous amount of engagement. And that's when we, we pick up those principles and apply it to what we're doing, we, we see the same benefit. You know, we see the same, um, the same um, depth of engagement with our doctors. Um, you know, since I wanted to ask you, given your background, a little bit about you know, the consumer side, um, what, what you just said about longevity, what, what, what are, beyond that, what are some of the other things that what Level X and other you know, medical gamification organizations can learn from the consumer gaming industry? I mean, certainly consumer gaming industry is, I mean, it's, it's a behemoth. It's, you know, it's enormous in a way that, uh, you know, yeah. I'm just learning now that I have an eight-year-old who has his first console, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, what, what, what are some of the other lessons that we, we can take away from the myriad successes that have been seen, uh, and the myriad growth that we've seen in that sector? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Whenever I talk to someone about this topic, uh, people are always in disbelief on the age groups and the profiles of, of people who play games. And so I think that this notion of the of of a person who plays game is our is our child, right? I, I have a young child as well. Um, it, it's just so false. And so when we look at who plays games in the consumer world, they are our doctors. You know, our doctors are are in an age group where they are, you know, digital natives, or they've been using mobile technology for you know 20, 15, 20, 15 plus years or they've been growing up with console games. And so we look at that intersection between our healthcare provider audiences that you know range in age and all the way up into people in their 50s and 60s to seeing those same people play consumer games as well. Um, I think games are, have um, their rate of innovation and how they've just accelerated and move forward. So we learn a lot on 
you know, we, we are structured like a medical video game company. So we take a lot of those best practices on how to structure our internal teams, right? So we could be agile when it comes to like what happened with the pandemic, um, learning from how they move quickly and applying that to our own, our own organization has been critical. And I think also we, we, you know, we, we hire our talent on the product development side out of the video game industry so that they can apply those learnings to healthcare. You know, they can understand, okay, how did that, how did that product or design decision influence engagement? And then how do I work with our doctors and our medical team now to apply that? So it's interesting, like we borrow a lot from, you know, the general industry. Um, it's, it's, it's not just a design decision. It's from how we hire to how we build our products to how we market them. We, we have this really nice convergence. I've been with the company for, you know, since we were a few employees, we have this amazing kind of um, meld of, of healthcare best practices with consumer gaming best practices. Um, to, to that end, um, it, how, how tough is it for people to make that adjustment, you know, from being the consumer mindset to the healthcare mindset, where obviously, you know, there's much more regulation and, you know, everything that comes with it. Um, you know, you alluded to it earlier about healthcare sometimes not being the first or, you know, first industry to embrace innovation. There's always kind of a, you know, let somebody else try it first type mentality. Um, how, how tough is it for people to make that transition to get into that kind of healthcare um, mindset? Yeah, you would you would think it would be tough, and that was our you know assumption early on. It, it it really hasn't because the type of people that we hire want to work in healthcare. They understand the product, the problems deeply. They they know that they can drive change. So we feel like there isn't really an adjustment with people who work for our company. Um, we're all very connected by the mission, but um, but you know they're not we tried to marry them with experts, right? So how do we have subject matter experts that are physicians in a particular specialty or therapeutic or disease area? How do we have, you know, on the surgical side of our business, the biomedical engineers that team up with the game developers on the, you know, so we try to pair up uh, and build teams that work together to fill those gaps. And that's how we're able to bridge the gap, so to speak. And then, um, and as far as like training, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Like we, we always say that, our game developers um, know more about medicine. Sometimes our doctors are amazed that when they're having conversations with them, like they can go head to head with each other and have this dialogue about a procedure, about a drug, about a disease, and it's <laughs> seamless. So it, it's pretty fun to watch, um, watch when we get into the room together, what happens. But um, no, we've been very lucky so far that there hasn't, you know, it's been pretty seamless. I'd, l- I'd like to go back to something else you mentioned in one of your previous answers um, about doctors and, you know, the perception that, you know, or maybe the misperception about, you know, how they consume information, you know, um, my doctor friends, they love video games, you know, why, why is there this kind of stubborn perception that, well, you know, doctors, they like their journals, and they like doing things the way they've always done it. Um, what, why does that mindset persist? I, I think that um, change is a little hard um, to accept. Sometimes, you know, we we've been used to doing something a certain way. And I think also also when you're working with physicians, you don't want to present a lot of risk, right? So they think there's assumption that, all right, they read their journals and let's not change that. It's okay. So I think, you know, when I talk with other companies and it's really about like follow the doctor, like their behaviors are changing. It's faster than you can think. Um, Sometimes I think if you're not looking at your marketing strategy or you're not looking at your overall business strategy 
more frequently, you can miss a lot of these trends. I think with just the way all these different platforms and how doctors are on social and mobile and gaming, like, you know, trends are moving, moving quicker than they were five, 10 years ago, especially when I, you know, 10 years ago when I'd entered this space. So, you know, we're always looking at um, what is the physician doing? What are they doing outside of healthcare? Because it influences how they consume information in healthcare. And so we're, we, you know, we're correlating that constantly with our teams. And so, yeah, I, I'd say we are, um, I'd say we're always pushing ourselves to not accept what was done five years ago, right? So we wouldn't be innovating in the gaming space if we had that mindset. And so I always encourage people to just like kind of dig, dig past what they've done a few years ago and see if they can find new things. And, um, you know, you'd be surprised on some of the newer stuff and how well it works, kind of newer, um, I think newer, newer platforms and how well they could work um, for, for marketing to doctors. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the conversations that, you know, the company has with physicians, you know, with nurses, with, um, you know, with uh, physicians, assistants, everyone else in the mix, um, how, how have they evolved during the last year or so? Um, you know, what were the conversations like before COVID hit? Um, how have the conversations been in the last, you know, six or seven months, you know, since its impact started being felt? Yeah, the, the feedback we're hearing from physicians is that, um, and it's interesting because like when everyone, when a lot of doctors were grounded, it was interesting, they had free time. Like that was, it was unheard of to hear that doctors had some free time or that they were home. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was an interesting opportunity. Now they're back in, um, they're inundated with having to understand, you know, the ever-changing, um, you know, COVID, kind of how to manage a COVID patient and all the protocols and information out there. So there is this feeling of, being overwhelmed, we hear um, also this need to kind of get back into their practice of medicine and their specialty. So there's a lot of craving content, uh, craving information that they need to to in their own kind of in the in their own specialty area too. So we are hearing that, but yep, I've, I've got a lot of COVID content. I need to get back in and get up to speed on X, Y, and Z. That's in my own world. So we we are hearing that as well. And I think that um, what's interesting, we've We've also seen physicians that have had to adopt technology for, you know, at a very accelerated clip because of COVID. That's really benefited us because we've seen an uptick in adoption of our own products um, across a wide, wider cross-section of doctors because they've had to embrace telehealth. They've had to use their mobile phones way more often than they probably did in the past. They've had to think about how to connect remotely with, you know, with their, um, you know, with their health system, hospital, you know, employees, their patients. So, it's interesting. It's almost like there's this mini digital transformation happening with, you know, the physician and healthcare provider community in a way that, you know, I have not seen, you know, in a decade. And so, it's, how, it's, how, sorry, go, I'm yeah, sorry, I finished what you were saying. My, 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 my follow-up question was going to be like, how, how are they doing with it? Um, it seems, you know, from where we're sitting and some of the, you know, physicians that we've been speaking with that I, I think there's almost like a, you know what, we're going to do this one way or another, you know, if this is what it, you know, took to get us all on board with where, you know, medicine and marketing and technology is going like, Hey, we'll deal with it. Um, what, what's your, what's your take from having probably much better conversations than what we have? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, um, you know, we're about six months in to me in healthcare. That's like still early days. Um, even yeah. though I, I've been pleasantly surprised on how fast, you know, the larger physician community has adopted technology, but, um, I'd like to, I'm hoping that it stays. I think that there's, 
been some predictions on, you know, are physicians going to revert back to their the previous ways that they've that they've embraced technology or worked with patients or, or communicated with their peers. And um and the hope is that I think I'm hoping that they uh that they continue on this path. Uh because I do think that there's just ways that doctors can be more efficient, more effective, of course. And um it, what I'm seeing is that, you know, they were forced into it, like you said, but maybe they'll, they'll they will stick with it. Um and also, I think physicians don't do well when they're mandated to do things. So if they are embracing things and, you know, part of our goal, too, is like, how do you make experiences enjoyable, right? So that they could use use a product for many years. And so, um, again, I, I think it's early days, but um, I like the way the trend is going for a lot of the physicians that we're talking to and the cohorts that we observe. Um, I want to ask you specifically, you know, you had talked a little bit about some of the you know, very specific information, you know, within medical specialties. So tell me a little bit about the development of Cardio X. Um, I mean, it seems that is the kind of thing, that, you know, being able to put it together and, you know, roll it out as quickly and as, you know, agile in such an agile manner that Level X did. What, what, walk me through that, um, why it worked, um, and tell me a little bit about the reception among the target audience so far. Yeah, um, you know, cardiology, the way we... Um, the way we think about entering a specialty kind of goes back to the patient, right? We look at where's their need, um, patient trends, obviously with heart disease and diabetes being prevalent and cardiologists being stretched. Um, there's a lot of, I, I feel like more and more of their, their tasks with understanding so many more diseases that is, as it, as it affects, as it affects the, um, affects the heart and affects the diseases they manage that, um, there's, there's this growing need for information and keeping up to speed with drugs and keeping up to speed with best practices and an ever-changing patient profile that um, cardio cardiologists seemed intuitive to, to go into as a specialty. And not just on the medical side, but also on the interventional side as well. Um, you know, we we do a lot of research with our with our physicians to um, to understand uh, you know how how they can you know what's, what do they need to know about medical devices, about the stents that they use, where are they, can, you know, where do they need more information to make a, you know, to make a, a quality decision about a product to use on a patient or where are they struggling? So we do all that research, you know, a year in advance before um, ever, you know, putting, putting, uh, putting our thought work into designing the game. And then from there, uh, we work hand in hand with with physicians at scale, um, a number of physicians to start developing the game. So our game developers and game designers work hand in hand with doctors. That you know, I'd say the downside is that we sit side by side with them pre-COVID. Now we're doing that collaboration over Zoom, but um, <laughs> but nonetheless, it, it, you know, we're in lockstep with them to develop our our games. And the reception, you know, um, having followed the cardiology space for a long time, uh, with you know, given my background. Uh, I was really excited to see the reception from physicians. Um, we were we actually debuted at the ACC at, in 2019 with our game, and just the excitement from from physicians of all ages. The reception from medical societies. We've previously had a partnership. Um, we had launched a um, uh, a game with the with the American Heart Association. Like so. Um, it's just to, to see everyone rally around it and see its promise and see its potential, like from then 
And then now we're kind of really growing our cardiology game with more content. Um, you know, we have partnerships with multiple pharmaceutical companies that are using our using CardioX as a modality to to educate their you know their HCPs. So it's just been this uh, growing. Um, we've just been growing. Uh, you know, every year, um, further building out cardio to help address what is a massive need in the space. Um, you know, obviously, I know there's only so much that you're able to share, but so, some of the conversations that you're having with Level X's pharma partners, um, how, how have those conversations evolved? Have they evolved in sort of a similar way that the ones with uh, physicians um, have evolved over the last six months or so? Yeah, I, I think it's been an evolution. Um, we've been at this for about four years now, and um, I think given our track record to drive physician engagement, we work with a number of pharmaceutical and medical device companies uh, in this space. Um, a lot of them are top 10 companies as well. And so, so I think we've learned, you know, over our years, like we've learned a lot. How do we do, you know, how do we develop and deliver gaming experiences that um, support our partners in a way that they need to drive their business forward to deliver ROI? And so we've kind of collected all those all that information, all those best practices to really make our games better. You know, every, every, you know, every year, you know, we are, we're double down on how do we continue to improve what we do. And I think that's what, what's really been a difference over, you know, two years ago to now is the, is, is all those insights are driving our, our product roadmap, how we work with our next customer. Um, our customers have been extremely collaborative, forward thinking. Um, it's, it's fun to work with them. And, and, you know, and even in a highly regulated environment, we're designing gaming experiences that, you know, we're teaming up with, you, you wouldn't think about it, but like we're teaming up with, you know, an MLR team on how to design, you know, and how to, uh, on how to kind of get through the regulatory environment as well, which um, again, that's been a best practice we've built up over the last few years too. And so um, we, we've enjoyed having our partners kind of side by side with us. And, you know, now we're really expanding our, portfolio, especially based on their feedback to now, how do we enable their sales teams? How do we, you know, really deliver value in the peer-to-peer education space? How do we continue to grow our, you know, our mobile games as a, as a means for non-personal promotion? And so um, that's what's pretty exciting, kind of where we've been. And now we're like really branching out to work with our pharma partners and, and medical device partners as well. We talked a little bit about cardiology before in the context of, um, of cardio X. Um, are there other therapeutic areas that you see as potentially, you know, whether immediate future or long-term future as a similarly good fit for, you know, level X to come in and, you know, drive a degree of fun and innovation? Yeah, I think, um, you know, areas that we're working on right now, um, happy to share, like from an R and D perspective, uh, we're going to be, I think we've shared this in the past that, you know, we're working on a, a dermatology, a, a dermatology game that will be, that's on our roadmap for early next year. Uh, we're we're right now really thinking about how to enter the oncology space and starting to work with our partners um, in in medical oncology. As you can imagine, it's such a fast moving um, fast moving specialty with so much drug innovation. And to help our help oncologists figure out how to navigate such complex data through gaming, like gaming actually has an amazing ability to to help, communi- help communicate and distill highly complex um, information and data. And so our team has been hard at work 
on, on cracking that code. And so we're super excited to share more about that next year. And I guess that's probably my last question for you, Genevieve. Um, you know, not, not that it's fair to ask any questions about the future, given that the future changes every, you know, couple of hours nowadays. But um, I know. What, 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 I mean, what, what, what's next? Um, you know, let's say we're having this conversation again at this time next year. Um, what do you expect to be telling me? Um, what would you hope to be telling me? Um, well, from a, I, I hope that I hope that I'm telling you that we're back in an office. Yeah, all of us you on that one. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're doing this over a, uh, you know, hopefully we're doing this in person, maybe over coffee or a cocktail for our next for our next <laughs> chat. But um, no, I, I I'm I'm hoping I can report back on some you know exciting updates on you know on getting our our newer products out like. Um, data and case studies about, about them, uh, you know, we're just, you know, more growth. I think, you know, we've never been more bullish about our mission. COVID's reinforced that. So, yeah, I think it's just talking more about progress and, and hopefully our entry into new specialties and, um, and, you know, what's the next big thing that we're thinking about applying, you know, applying gaming to, uh, hopefully will be the conversation, you know, we're never, you know, we never stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that you know that how how can you you know it's 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 not really uh you know medicine keeps moving obviously you're not going to pause and uh let anything lap you in the race. Yeah, so it's it's interesting and um you know we're 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 lucky to make the best of it you know given you know given the pandemic circumstances. Well, I mean one one of the things that always strikes me whenever I speak with anyone from Level X is that. You know, certainly you're doing work that's worthy and good, but there's also a sense of fun in what you do. Uh, I, I'm I'm thrilled to hear that you're able to maintain that amid all the you know ridiculousness that's been going on over the last year. And uh, I thank you so much for coming on to share it with us here today. No, thanks. Thank you to MMM for being interested in um, in Love Lax and and supporting us. All right, we're looking forward. As soon as that dermatology game comes out, let's have another conversation. This will be fun. Cool. All right. Thanks so much. All right. For the MMM podcast, this is Larry Dilbrow. Many thanks to Genevieve Paquette, um, the Chief Development Officer of Level X. We will be back again next week. Many thanks, and we'll talk soon. Be well. <laughs> <laughs>